Welcome to our podcast. I'm Keith Loy, the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. And it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Merry Christmas. I want you to look at someone right now and say, Merry Christmas to you. Can you do that? If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to go to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke will be in the second chapter, and we're going to read a part of the Christmas story that if you've been ever just around the church, especially during this time of year, it's going to be a very familiar story about our shepherds out in the hillside. And we're just going to pull that apart. We're going to also read it, if you will, from the King James Version. So if you have your app, you can go there and click on that. We're going to begin in the 8th verse. And I, I want to read it, if you would, just out of the familiarity of it. This is the translation and the story of which it's told that we're probably used to. And so I invite you now, if you would stand in the presence of God as we read the word of God and as you hear, you can follow along on the screen if you'd like as well. Here's what it says. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you born this day in the city of David is a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child and all that had heard wondered at those things which they were told by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Father, my prayers as David prayed, that the words of my mouth, the meditations in my heart would be acceptable to you. That God, nothing I would say would be of my own, but you would move in the incredible power of your spirit. Speak into our lives. Even though something might be familiar, doesn't mean that it's fresh. So we ask you to touch us in a way, speak in a way we'd never be the same. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Ever since I can remember, a Charlie Brown Christmas has been a part of my life. How many many would say it's been a part of your life, honestly? Can can anybody keep your hand up like me that you've literally could say, "I, I think I've seen it every year? Okay, quite a few of you. That's, that's just great. It, it's quite special for me because it first aired on television the year I was born, 
1965. I was born in February 19th of that year. And of course, come Christmas, Charlie Brown hit the airways and I'm a big fan. It's ever been a part of my life. I've read about it. Uh, it's author, uh, Charles Schultz and, and, and all of the, if you will, stumbling blocks and roadblocks that took place of getting it onto the airways. So I'm a big fan, but I don't know if you remember how it begins. Charlie Brown sharing his Christmas blues with Linus. Do you remember this? They're standing together. I think there must be something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. And at that, they lean it back from the wall and they begin to walk. I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. Do you remember that? I think a lot of people feel as Charlie Brown. In fact, I know this to be true because in a recent survey, very recent survey by the American Psychological Association, 38% of Americans feel depressed this year during Christmas. Folks, that's over one third of the people in this country. One out of every three people you meet right now during such a time, feel discouraged, feel depleted, defeated, feel depressed. They're down, they're out. Now, I'm not making light of that, and I'm not gonna just speak into that, but I am gonna say this to reference the fact, it seems to me we're focused in the wrong direction. That somehow what we're going through is greater than what he went through. That somehow what we face in the temporal world somehow clouds our vision in the eternal one, doesn't it? I think a lot of people feel like Charlie Brown. But if you know the story of the peanut gang, let me just say this. The rest of the gang isn't off the hook either. Because though Charlie's trying to understand what Christmas is about, so is everybody else. Like Charlie Brown's little sister, Sally. Remember her? She has to write a letter to Santa and she scribes it, if you will, or speaks it as, as, as Charlie's writing it down. Uh, Dear Santa Claus, how have you been? Did you have a nice summer? How is your wife? I've been extra good this year. So I have a long list of presents that I want. Please note the size and the color of each item and send as many as possible. If it seems too complicated, make it easy on yourself. Just send money. How about tens and twenties? You remember her? Oh my. Did, did you know that last year, Americans spent over $658 billion on Christmas? And people say, well, this year has been a little bit more difficult. Folks, it's forecasted to be higher than that. Nearly $700 billion will get spent by Americans on Christmas. Now, please hear this. Like, I, I love giving presents. I like getting them too, just throwing that out there. But anyway, but, but then there's Snoopy, right? Charlie Brown's dog, decorating his doghouse to win the neighborhood lights and display contest. Did you know that we spent this year 
four billion plus dollars on trees, whether they be real or artificial. Of course, you can't have a tree without lights. And so we lit them up with spending over 150 million light sets representing 80 million of our homes. This will throw you off. Roughly 6% of our nation's overall electric bill. Is that crazy? You've seen those homes, right? Oh my goodness. There's nothing on the inside. They've mortgaged pretty much everything. It's crazy. How about food? Oh my. All the Christmas food. According to the University of Arizona's College of Nursing, Christmas overindulgence is one of the top five reasons people will visit the emergency rooms at Christmas. I'm just giving you the fat facts, okay? All right, all right. Just throwing it out here. But if you haven't seen a Charlie Brown Christmas, that's where the gang is at. Everybody's trying, if you will, to figure out what Christmas is all about or to express it in the way that they think. But then there's Linus, little Linus. They're at the school auditorium and everybody's trying to figure it out. And Linus says, I know what it's all about. And I thought I'd help you with this just a little bit here. (laughs) Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not. For behold, I bring unto you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. At that, Linus exits the stage and looks at Charlie Brown and says, Charlie Brown, that's what Christmas is all about. You remember that? It's that simple, people. And yet how easily we get lost into what Christmas is all about. If you're a guest, I want to say welcome. And may I simply say Merry Christmas. We're really glad that you're here. If you don't have a church, well, you got one now. We'd love to have you. I'll simply tell you, this church is really about two things. We want to preach the word of God in a world where I think the word of God has been pushed aside in some ways or it's been watered down. We don't want to do that. We believe the word of God is as good as it was 2,000 years ago and it'll be good 2,000 years from now. I get cultures change. And people say, well, the word of God is out of date. No, we're out of date. The word of God is good. Still works. We're going to preach it. Second thing is when you walked in, you probably looked over and thought, why is there a church inside the church? Because we want to be a church of prayer. And so the outside of that is pretty much done. And now in the next week or two, they'll finish the inside and going into 2024. That is our prayer chapel. You can come before services, in between service, after service. And there'll be people in there who would love to pray with you. And they would be honored to be able to walk with you. We want to be a church of prayer. Amen to that? That's who we want to be. So if you're a guest, welcome. But we've been in the last few weeks in a series called Gratitude because I think that's what Christmas is all about. 
and I want to help you with it. We, we just read, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born, here's the good news, born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord, who is Christ the Lord. Now church, listen, in the original language in which the Bible was written, it actually reads backward. So when we read this, we're not actually reading it in its proper order. That's why I share with you about gratitude. Because if we were to read it as it was written, the announcement is first, there is born today in the city of David a savior. And if you really get it, it will bring you great joy. And I think that's where we miss it. There was something stated that these shepherds heard that I'm going to come back to the peanut gang that most of them heard after Linus shared the gospel, the story of Christmas. See, a word savior obviously states that there's something wrong with us. Let me help you with this. If, if you're out drowning in the sea, but you think you can swim to shore, you're not going to need a savior. If your marriage has struggles and somehow you think you can fix it, you're not going to need a savior. If you've got money and you're just fine and everything's getting done, you're not going to need a savior because see, you still think in your own efforts, you can make something happen. We don't need a savior. The word in savior implies this. We're doomed. We're in serious trouble, Houston. And we don't need a healing. We need a healer. But I think a lot of people, when they come to Christ in Christmas, they're not looking for the healer. They just want a simple healing. Get me through another holiday. Get me through another year. Be a part of my life, but, but I'm not going to give you the whole of it. I'll share with you that Jesus has nothing of it unless he has all of it. That's in the gospel. <laughs> I will have no other gods before me. We're either all in or we're all out, Right. Did you know that Webster defines savior as one that saves us from danger and destruction? See, the news that day was pretty clear to these shepherds. We got problems. We got a problem. But guess what, people? There's a savior born, and when you get him, it will bring you great joy. So now watch this. After Linus tells Charlie Brown the true meaning of Christmas, he picks up the Christmas tree. Remember the Christmas tree? <laughs> you need to know, I took this right off the set. So if you watch it this year, it's, it's not there. Anyway, <laughs> so it makes the story a little weird. But, but anyway, uh, he picks this up. This is the tree that he was instructed because he couldn't direct, obviously. He couldn't seem to get it right. So they gave him a little chore. Just go get us a Christmas tree because you got to have a Christmas tree for Christmas. And, and this is what he brings back. Now, his heart is somewhat there, and I'll come back to that in a moment. So after Linus tells them the Christmas story, Charlie Brown sees the tree, picks it up, and he walks out of the school. That little tree is actually you and I in the story. Frail, broken. But we live in a world that thinks that knows how to decorate. Don't you wish that you could decorate a tree by just walking up and going... And then walk away and it would just be that way. <laughs> Never works that way, does it? But that's sort of the story of our lives, isn't it? I always say there's only two gods in this world. There's no bunch of gods. 
That's just part of Satan's ploy. I'm just telling you, there's only two gods. There's Yahweh and there's your way. And I'll have no gods before me. Either we trust self or we actually die to self and lean not on our own understanding. But boy, we trust it, don't we? It's an interesting miss that people don't realize in this story. When Linus comes on the stage and he's telling the story and he says, the angel said, fear not, he drops his blanket. When he goes back to tell Charlie Brown that day, he picks it back up. But at the end of the story, something beautiful happens that Charlie Brown never got. The meaning of Christmas. It seems that day after Charlie Brown listened to Linus, he still wanted to do it in his own effort. I'll show them. Boy, that's such a mantra in our world today. We just know best. And yet the Bible says our ways are not God's ways and our ways always lead to death. So he thinks somehow he's going to do something and it doesn't work. But what's crazy is all of the other peanut gang must have heard Linus that day because it changed them. It changed how they saw the tree. It changed how they saw and understood Charlie Brown. Even Lucy says, yeah, he sure is a blockhead, but he picked out a good tree. And then they hum angels. We have heard on high glory to God. It's beautiful. It's absolutely just a beautiful part of the story. I want you to look at the screen and I want you to read out loud with me from Psalm 28. Come on church, nice and loud. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. My heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. I want you to catch that. The Lord is my strength and shield. I realize I need a savior. I now trust him with all my heart. And because of my trust, my heart is full of joy and my words are filled with gratitude. Just as the shepherds that day, after seeing Jesus, he told everyone who had, what had happened, right? All that the angel had said, they went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen. So how can we experience gratitude? How can we experience what Christmas is really all about? And I think something special can happen right now in this moment. But here's the first thing. Here's the first thing that's going to happen. So if you've got a place to write, want to write these down, you can. We've got a need, if you will, a heart transplant. We've got to have a change in heart, people. We've got to die to self. We've got to quit trusting self. The Bible says the human heart is wicked. But when Jesus comes along, something beautiful happens. Everything starts here. Even Jesus said that because where the heart is, there your treasures will be. Where your heart is. Martin Luther said it this way, whatever your heart clings to and confides in, that is really your God. What are you holding on to? What are you clinging to? Because we all treasure something or someone Proverbs 27 says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Who's the real you? Like if you were to die right now and stand before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, does he know you? Who's the real you? 
Are we chasing things of the world that are temporal and knowing one day it'll cost us everything? What's the value? What do we understand? I want you to, I want you to catch this because I, I don't think people really understand. It wasn't the angel's message that day that changed the shepherd's people. It wasn't even the angelic choir. Come on. That's something you'll never hear on the Grammys or the country music awards or anything. I'm telling you, I don't know what perfect pitch is, but when heaven falls down and starts singing, whoa, right? I can't imagine what that was like, but that's not what changed them. I know this to be true because I know a lot of people that come to churches and they can get pretty well wowed. There's some incredible worship out there. It'll never change you. There's some phenomenal preaching and this ain't it. It won't change you. That's not what changed the shepherds. You ready for this? It was Jesus when they obeyed the message and they left the hillside of their comfort, their wants, their woes, their ideas and went and found him in Bethlehem. So I think we missed that in the story. The shepherds weren't changed until they were willing to leave their hillside everything they knew and go to Bethlehem because that's what the instruction was. Have you left the hillsides really? Or have you, you enjoyed the show, but you didn't go. Jesus wasn't on the hillside that day unto you born this day in the city of David. He's in Bethlehem people. You're going to have to leave this shepherds, but if you go, you're going to find good news of great joy. And they did. Cause here's what the Bible says. What? After seeing Jesus, everything changed. It changed. He was born in Bethlehem. These shepherds watch this. They're not the same anymore, but what's crazy is they go back to the same old way. How about you? I hear people all the time, they come to meet Jesus and what they want to do is they leave change, but they don't really want to leave change. They want everything that they go back to, to change. I hear people in the church come up to me and they go, pastor, I need you to pray for me. I need a new job. Why? Because everybody at my job is, doesn't know Jesus. And I'm like, no, I ain't going to pray for that. You need a heart change. We're supposed to be light in a dark world. We don't need huddles of Christians hanging around, keeping each other warm. We got the light of Jesus in us. We need to go out in the world and be light. But you got to know him. If you're going to show him, do you know him? These shepherds met Jesus and they went back to their same old life. They just didn't go back to the same old person. Amen to that. Cause they met Jesus. Is he your treasure? Is Jesus your treasure? Does he know he's your treasure? I'm going to give you two things that will happen when you understand a change of heart. Here's the, here's the first one. It'll change what you say. The Bible says they went back glorifying and praising God. No kidding. They just met Jesus. Amen to that. Here, here's what Jesus said in Luke 6. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I like to read this verse this way. A God man brings God things out of his God. He is stored up in his heart for his mouth will speak as his heart is full of God. I don't know if you know this. Did you know that words 
were the cornerstone to all creation? I think people miss this. It's what, it's what God said that brought everything into existence. But I want to show you something here. But the Bible says in Genesis 1 verse 3, and God said, let there be light. Anybody know what happened? There was light. He said, let there be land and water and let it be separated. Anybody know what happened? There was land and water was separated. Let there be sun. Let there be a moon. He spoke them into creation. And the Bible says he stepped back and said, wow, that's good. Do you know why he said that? Watch this. His words weren't the source. Even though what he said, it happened, the words weren't the source. God's heart was. And his mouth spoke what was in his heart. This is why I have a problem with people who call themselves followers of Christ and they throw trash out into the world. You don't understand that everything that you have was created out of the gratitude of God's heart for you. The Bible says that God, even in our worst days, still speaks hope and goodness over us. Because he thinks you're amazing. In his mouth spoke what was in his heart. Let there be light. Yeah. That's why he said it's good. Why? Because his heart is good. And the words come forth. That's who he is, folks. This is why Jesus says, by your words, you'll be justified. And by your words, you'll be condemned. Because our words are the revelation of what's going on in here. That's why Solomon's life and death are in the power of the tongue. It reveals what's really going on. And so I first want to simply ask this, and then I want to put some some feet under this. Please hear this. Do you know him? Or maybe better said, does he know you? If you were to die, and that could happen today, would he say, welcome home? Well done, my good and faithful child. If you do know him, can I encourage you as you gather with family and friends and enjoy good food, exchange some presents, embrace all the lights and sounds because I love it all. Share your gratitude. Glorify and praise God for all that you have heard and seen just like these shepherds because you have met Jesus. Amen. But here's the second thing that will happen. If you have a real change of heart, it not only will change what you say, it will change what you see. You know the song, do you see what I see? Do you? Like a star, a star dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. A song, a song high above the trees with a voice as big as a sea. A child, a child sleeping in the night. He will bring us goodness and light. Let me tell you what gratitude is. It's not thinking outside the box. It's thanking outside the box. See, gratitude doesn't see obstacles. It sees opportunities. It doesn't see crosses. It sees resurrections. Is that you? What do you see? When you woke up this morning, did you see rain and go, oh. Or did you see God's incredible gift. What will you see today? I wonder if God says, do you see what I see? 
because everything he sees is good. And by the way, can I tell you what he sees when he sees you? <laughs> That's very good. How about you people? You know, the old adage, what you see, finish it with me is what? Yeah, we say it all the time, right? Maybe it should be better said, what you see is because of who you got. Because Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. If the eye is bad, it's because everything in here is. What do you say? What do you see? I wonder how many of you, you've heard the story. You're like the shepherd. You're on the hillside. You've listened to the message, but you didn't do what the message said to do. You need to leave this and go and find him. You can't have both people. He didn't come in to bless our world. By the way, this world is already cursed. He came into this world to take us into a better one home one day. And he would be with us while we're still here for a few days, right? That was the promise. Do you know him? My friends, we live in a world where there's all kinds of self-help resources. I want to invite the team out. Self-improvement, do-it-yourself guides, they're everywhere. On YouTube, you can find how to fix pretty much anything and everything except the hole in your heart. Only the creator can do that. That's why we don't need self-help. We need a savior. Because without him, we're in trouble. You may think you're not. It's exactly what the devil wants you to think. That's why Jesus said, really? Gain the whole world and lose your soul. Really? Mom, dad, that's what you want to pass on to your kids? Charlie Brown's an interesting story. Linus had it right. It's as simple. A savior's been born. And when you get it, it'll change everything. You'll be so grateful. Because I got to tell you this. If my whole world, this side of heaven fell apart, if my whole world, this side of heaven came to an end, but I've got Jesus and my name's written in the book of life, I am so grateful because I'm blessed because this world is temporal. It's temporal. He's eternal. I bring you good news. It'll fill you with great joy, a savior. He's been born, but he's not in the hillside, folks. He's not in your hillside. We've got to seek him, and we will find him. Amen to that? I'm going to invite our prayer team to come. And I just say this. We want to be a church of prayer because we believe in the power of it. I want to open a door that there could be many reasons why you need to have prayer. Maybe there's some loved ones that you would love that them to have the greatest gift of all on Christmas, and that's Jesus. Maybe it's time for you to get this thing right. I, I just say this all the time. If you don't think there's a God, dear God, what's the point? You can't be mad at someone else's driving. You understand? You can never be disappointed. You can never be frustrated with somebody else because the moment you are, then you're trying to be God in their life. If there's no God, then everybody's left to their own. But because there is a God, that's where those frustrations come from. That's where there's just all of that stuff. 
because there's something longing for something more and something deeper and something more lasting. And a human being can't fill that, but Jesus can. I say this all the time. I'm not a fan of church and religion, but I am a huge fan of Christ, Jesus Christ. And because of that, there's church. Amen. I love this Jesus stuff. I love Christmas. But I want to say this as we go to prayer and what I want to do in closing. Before the first service this morning, I was backstage and I said, does anybody else feel like I feel? And I'm going to ask you, how many feel it just doesn't feel like Christmas? It kind of came around. How many feel that way? Keep your hand up. I want to tell you, go ahead and put your hand up. Maybe some of you are thinking, I don't want to say that. I am. You know what? It hit me. I've all of a sudden I went, I think that's a cool way to be. Because I say this all the time, Christmas shouldn't be a holiday. It should be a holy day. And the day that I met Jesus, Christmas began and it never ended. And when I realized today, today's like every other weekend. It's Christmas. It's always Christmas. It's it's the coolest thing. And so I I don't know. Do you know him really? Does he know you? I'm going to give you an opportunity. But even in that, you can come. We're going to invite you to come because that's another evidence of leaving the hillside and coming to the altar of God. I promise you, if you seek him, you'll find him. I promise you that. He is not a boogeyman. He wants to be so in relationship with you. Maybe you want to come for whatever reason. Maybe there's a moment. You just need prayer. You don't have to tell this team what it is. God knows, but they want to pray with you. There's something in the power of prayer. So I'm going to invite you to stand. Chris is going to sing, but let me pray. Father, I wonder, I don't know where hearts are, but the cool thing is no one here is hidden from you. You love, you care, you have us. You're not going to forsake us. And we say thanks. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you will take what you just heard and apply it to your life. If you need prayer or simply want to connect with us, our website is celebrate.church. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. We hope you listen again next week.